Today on Newsable, winter illnesses are starting to sink in, but are we doing everything we can to keep ourselves well? Plus, founding member of Joy Division and New Order, Peter Hook, joins us to chat ahead of his 2024 tour and the greatest problem that has ever existed, the Northland Island with too many Kiwi. For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. Stuff Podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Wright, and welcome to the long read from Stuff. This week's episode is called Kai Stands Still for Nobody Can You Be a Real Māori and Pursue a Vegan Diet? It's written by Stuff Portiaki reporter Joel Maxwell, who joins me now. Kia ora, Joel. Kia ora, kia ora. So, this is uh, a first person story, I guess, uh, about you. How did it come about? Uh, well, it started um, obviously for me because I'm vegan and we love talking about ourselves and veganism. <laughs> I, I've been vegan for about eight years and as a Māori person, I spend a bit of time online, at, unfortunately, and during those periods, occasionally there would pop up these threads from other Māori people um, laying into veganism, basically, talking about how it is, um, it is something of a colonial sort of instrument for changing the diet of Indigenous people. And it's, uh, there are opponents to it in Indigenous communities around the world, <clears throat> you know, who have lost their ways of doing things, including the Kai. And they see this as just another method of, of Pākehā people uh, coming in and telling them what they should and shouldn't eat. And, and I guess a part of the problem too is that some vegans are pretty militant about um, what should and shouldn't be eaten. And when, when that butts heads with, with Indigenous people who have, you know, been repressed and lost so much over the centuries, you know, it creates a bit of a, a tension. So I'd read these um, these threads and I'd start feeling a little bit bad about myself, thinking, well, <clears throat> you know, I'm a vegan. Does that make me less of a Māori? Does that make me less of an Indigenous person? Am I kowtowing to these colonial ideas? So it all sort of just grew from that. My initial sense of feeling a little bit uh, maybe ashamed of being vegan and Māori. I guess, yeah, like as a Pākehā who is not vegan, who does eat meat, it's it, it, it's not something that would occur to me because I don't, it doesn't affect me at all. But the idea that there is a yeah, a cultural element or cultural ramifications to the diet you choose to have might be surprising to some people. Like mm. it's what you're describing as saying, like it's it's potentially different yep. contemplating how you might be Māori and vegan to say Pākehā yep. and vegan. Yeah, it is different. And as I discovered through talking to so many other people, they shared some of my experiences. You know, it's it, it can come down to really um, important things too. Like if, if you're Māori and you choose to go to your home marae and you go to a porphyry, these really deep, important uh, uh, cultural uh, processes of welcome, uh, you have to eat. It's it's not just that you're being rude to the um, to the people involved. It's actually part of the process and ceremony of re- removing the tapu from the people, newcomers coming onto the marae. So if you turn, go into the farikai and you say, well, oh, no, I can't eat any of this stuff, then you start hitting problems and that's where the pressure particular pressure comes on Maori people it's not just about being rude to your guests you know what do you do in those circumstances you, you sometimes you just have to potentially just eat what's dished up and sometimes it's going to not be vegan it's going to be something with dairy in it or eggs or meat or whatever and you know manakitanga generosity sharing those are big and mana the mana of the marae 
is shown in its generosity too. So these are all things that you run into as a vegan. And as some of the people I spoke to have said, you know, how do we deal with those? Those are questions that we need to discuss that other vegans who are maybe Pakia don't really understand. And, and, you know, in the end, they'll just get angry and say, you're not a real vegan. You know, you're not committed. But it's it's a bit more than that for Māori. And, and also, you know, just the other aspect to it is is the health aspect, which was important to Tame and another person I spoke to as well. And, and you know, health hits hard for Māori people. We we die on average, seven years earlier than non-Māori in New Zealand. So there are real potential health benefits to uh, veganism, you know, cutting out uh, some of the, you know, bad things you get from meat, dairy, whatever. And that can make a big difference. So for people like Tami, I think, they're keen advocates for it simply because they want Māori to live longer, be healthier. So it, I think it is different for Māori. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I haven't actually read this week's story, so I'm now very keen to hear it. So... Let's get into it. Thanks, Joel. Here is Joel reading his story, Kai Stands Still for Nobody. Can you be a real Māori and pursue a vegan diet? Up until the 1980s, New Zealand's favourite flavour was bland. Our favourite texture was boiled. Our favourite ingredient was indifference. But much like each person's individual growth, Aotearoa collectively dissolved over time and reformed into something unrecognisable to its old self. I can't put my finger on when it happened exactly, but we must have become a foodie nation sometime after 1990. I still remember the conversation of two guys, larval hipsters, bemoaning the lack of cafe life in Hamilton while strolling its main street in the early 90s. I only remember because of the scorn I felt for these weaklings as I walked behind them those 30 years ago. You have to understand... I was an idiot. My brain was squeezed between a non-ironic mullet, toxic masculinity and provincial conformity that was soon to be left in the dust by the rest of the country. New Zealand fell in love with food. We courted good wine, interesting beers, new ingredients from different cultures and actual decent coffee. But despite the change, or perhaps because of it, we're reluctant to quit our traditional proteins. Or as I call them, my friends. My iwi is Te Rarawa from Tehiku o Te Ika, the far north. My name is Joel Maxwell and I am, this is embarrassing, a Māori vegan. I've read on more than one occasion that veganism is an agent of colonialism and of racism. Māori as indigenous people should not become vegans or attempt to become vegans. We are apparently required by our culture to kill stuff. Even the island on which I'm writing this was hauled out of the sea in a famous fishing expedition. Our papa demands blood on our hands and saturated animal fats clogging our arteries. Or so we're told. So, can you be a real Māori and try to pursue a vegan diet? I hope so. I didn't know if this was a story about that question, about cuisine, about culture, about the environment or health or indigenous identity. But as I spoke to Māori pursuing the ideal of veganism, I think it was about the simple human desire to make our own choices. Or, as artist Tame Iti says, it was about finding liberation. And a sweet amount of weight loss. Jasmine Tarnkink speaks at a table at a vegan-friendly cafe in Porirua, north of Wellington. Her favourite vegan dish is Samoan chop suey, the supper suey, 
but with sun-fed chicken. This is a New Zealand brand poultry crafted from pea protein. They do a good beef in inverted commas too. We speak in te reo Māori and I ask her this. He kaupapa Māori, tēnei kaupapa veganism, tēnei kaupapa karo huarehe, kei te rite ngā whakaro o ngā mea e rua. Is veganism a Māori kaupapa? Are the two concepts the same? She replies with this. E hara i te mea he kaupapa Māori veganism. Hoia no, he iwi i tiaki whenua te iwi Māori, he iwi i tiaki wai te iwi Māori. Koe rā e tahi o ngā hua o tēnei mea veganism? Short answer, no, they're not the same. However, Māori want to look after the land and the water, and these are some of the benefits we get from veganism. She continues with this. I ngā wao mua, ko ngā miti i kainia e ngā tupuna, ko ngā kai moana, ngā manu, kaori ko ngā kau, ngā hipi, e rātu. Kia unei, kaori i te pai e rā kai ki a mātou, ngai Māori. Kaori i te pai ki te whenua, ki te tinana, ki ngā awa, Ākoa ki au nei, e hari te mehi kaupapa Māori, kei te ki te au i ngā hua o veganism, kia pai ai tō tātou noho i tēnei ao. In the old times, our ancestors ate proteins from the ocean, from the sky, but not from the likes of cows and sheep. To me, these types of meat aren't good for Māori, for the land, for our bodies, for the rivers. So despite the fact it's not a Māori kaupapa, veganism helps us in our lives in this world. To which I say this, he hua anō mō ngai Māori tērā pēr, mō te hauora o ngai Māori. Mehe mea e whaiana tātou ngai Māori i ngā whainga o te veganism. There's another benefit as well for our health. If we as Māori follow the tenets of veganism, Titiro ki a tāua, she says. Yeah, just look at us. We laugh somewhat ironically. Tan King stopped eating meat about 12 years ago. The main reason was cruelty to animals, she says. Two years later, she stopped eating dairy and eggs as well, she says, because of cruelty and the environmental impacts of the dairy industry and battery-farmed hens. She now eats the occasional fish caught by whānau. In the beginning, Tan Kink did feel pressure to eat meat at family or social events. And then ultimately, I just thought, actually, I would never try and force someone to eat something that they don't want to eat. So I've got the mana over what I put in my body. It's about finding ways of doing things in Te Ao Māori without trampling manaakitanga, she says. Because that's a big thing, showing up to the marae, you should eat something. Nevertheless, ringawera, marae kitchen workers, were becoming more aware of different food requirements, such as gluten-free or veganism, Tan King says. When she goes home to Taranaki, she has a simple strategy to combine respectful marae life with veganism. I'll take something and say, oh look, here's a nice chilli we could bake. Something that we can make, so it's not me just saying, you have to do this thing for me, you have to cater for me. Be involved, Tarnkink says. Pākehā vegans don't face these types of challenges, which is why she and her friends started a Facebook group for Māori and Pacifica vegans. Māori would often get nasty responses in mainstream groups that didn't understand the deeper conflicts at play in Māori lives. If somebody would write a post, I'm going to my marae this weekend, how do you navigate that? or I went home for the weekend and ate some meat because my queer insisted. People would just shut those people down. Stop those conversations and say basically, they're a horrible person. Tarnkink thinks people switching to veganism need to plan well. Get some good recipes. Get some good friends. And be prepared to have to explain stuff to people, she says. I'm explaining things to Tame Iti over the phone. 
A complaint couched as a question, actually, about how vegans are often ridiculed for being uncool. This is not necessarily the case, Yeti says. There were hardcore vegan anarchists arrested with him in the 2007 armed police raids across Aotearoa. Sadly, the closest I've come to vegan anarchy is eating an entire can of organic baked beans cold over the sink. I've never met Yeti, but he's happy to court it or about switching to plant-powered kai six years ago for health reasons. Itty says, I'm in my early 70s and I never really had problems with weight until middle age, 40s. The old body shape starts to form something I'd never experienced before. Itty was also diagnosed as a diabetic about 18 years ago, which started putting limits on the food he'd always loved to eat. But phasing out meat, eggs, dairy, and sticking to a good diet had genuine health benefits. My body, I tell you, my body has been transformed. My heaviest I've been is about 114 kilograms. I'm down to around 82 kilograms, 80 kilograms now. I feel like a 30-year-old. He did plenty of reading before the switch and prepared himself. The first part of our liberation is to liberate ourselves, Eti says. This means making the changes. And, he says, once you pass over that, everything just comes smoothly. And his food sounds pretty delicious. Alkai is more than just veggies which means that the kai we use is a lot of Indian food, a lot of Thai food, beans, protein, all those kinds of foods. Itty will, however, occasionally need a kina blast, eating the velvety roe of the sea urchin that is a traditional kai for Māori. What does Itty think about the idea that traditional Māori ways and veganism don't really mix? It's an opinion, he says. All indigenous people eat different food, Kai, it seems, has never stood still for anybody. Eti says when the Matawaka, in this case, the first big migration of people from Hawaii, arrived in the 1300s, they met the original people, the likes of Te Hapu Oneone, children of the mist, who had already settled here and would become Ngai Tuhoi, and brought new Kai to Aotearoa. They brought Kumara, they brought Riwai, they brought Taro, so there's a big shift in their diet, he says. Then, it he says, from the 1700s, 1800s, there were more newcomers bringing new kinds of food. So we got introduced to goats, dogs, all of those meats, sheep, cattle, horses. Itty himself, who loves cooking, has eaten these animals. He ate rat. He ate dog. He's tried horse, crocodile, frog, anything that can walk, he says including bugs. I ate all of that, and I have a taste of it, so I know all about food. He had a great run of meat-eating, a gastronomical adventure across a lifetime. But in the end, he was more interested in the adventuring than the ingredients. He says, I just wanted to prolong my life a little bit longer and live another day, so I'll get to spend a bit more time and be an artist. I'm still active mentally, physically, still able to be creative. For the general health of Māori, some marae decisions might have to change too, he says. My criticism with ourselves is that we put too much kai out there, and I know it's all about maintaining your mana, but maintaining your mana, we can still do that in a different way. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, I what, think Chris, it would be a resignation offence. 
if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there, that sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. Ross Himuna, 79, was doing things differently when it came to Kai as far back as the 1980s. He is reluctant to speak to the media, but sends me a written account of his life since he switched to vegetarianism 36 years ago and veganism for the past 16. Himuna is a self-described health nut vegan. He says he's not a political or animal rights vegan. I still wear leather shoes, belts and jackets, and a lot of wool. He is, however, a Save the Planet vegan, saying if we stopped breeding and feeding the countless billions of animals consumed every year, we might save ourselves from global disaster. I don't go on about it, though. I don't proselytize either about health and veganism. I just do what I do, and the people around me watch curiously, and some of them change and adopt the healthier eating habits, he says. As a Vietnam War veteran who served in the New Zealand Army for 20 years, there was a time back in the 80s when Himmelna felt like he was the only Māori vegetarian in existence. He remembers travelling through Gisborne to Tokomaru Bay, stopping at a hotel. He ordered a meat-free breakfast in the dining room, but the Māori waitress came back with a vast mixed grill, eggs and chips breakfast. He says, The Māori chef stood beaming in the doorway. Something about the no-meat request had simply been unthinkable for them. By the time he reached Tokomaru Bay, word had gone out about the strange Māori vegetarian. He says this, Come kai time, all the women stood around in amazement watching me eat a kai with no meat. Himona retired from the army in 1982, then joined a Harriers club and ended up competing in the over-35s master's class. He read that eating meat took a toll on the body, using up energy during the lengthy digestion process. Quitting meat alleviated that stress. He says this, I tried it and it worked. Immediately, I felt healthier and better for it people around me noted that I became calmer. Research into the causes of gluir, a nasty problem afflicting many Māori tamariki, led to Himona's next step in the 1990s. The research showed Northern European and some African populations were genetically predisposed to digesting cow's milk, but Māori, Pacifica and Asian populations, who had never traditionally consumed it, were not. Hence the accumulation of mucus in ear, nose and throat, he says. Himona pushed ahead with a simple experiment. What would happen if he dropped dairy? It worked, he says. He was less clogged up. Over the years, he phased out all animal products from his diet and quit smoking, drinking sugar, salt, caffeine, tea and coffee. He says this. My journey to veganism has been a decades-long experiment of one. Perhaps unsurprisingly, that experiment sees Himona pushing 80 and in good shape. And if I might insert some context here, while reaching 80 might not seem like much of an achievement, as it's the average life expectancy for men overall, it is more of a rarity for a Māori bloke. Our average life expectancy is 73, Māori die on average seven years earlier than non-Māori. We die at higher rates from cancer, cardiovascular disease, you name it. So Himona is already beating the curve. He says this, Given my family history of ill health and early death, 
mostly before 60 in my father's generation in the whānau. It seems that I have staved off what might have been inevitable. Even so, my aim is not necessarily to put off the inevitable, but to stay healthy for as long as I do live. So why am I, Joel Maxwell, a Māori vegan? Throughout our lifetime, if we're lucky, we outlive a succession of pets. What a pain our animal companions are. We give them all our generosity, our home, and they eventually go and die on us, confront us with deep feelings in a scene that is both the dress rehearsal for and the main event of mortality. At that moment, we hold our friend for the last time and register the gradual deceleration of their breath under their fur and the confusion in their eyes. And worst of all, we're sunk by that look of imploring trust that persists till the end. The death of animals is mundane and profound to me, never more so than when we're doing the killing. Cattle listen to Mozart, and yet we want to boot them from this world with all its emotional highs and sensual pleasures, its breathtaking connections between everything up to and including the stars, just to manufacture hamburger patties. For this, we want to rob animals of the most powerful of life's imperatives, the need to exist in the universe for another day. We should probably think carefully about why we do this, Māori and Pākehā, if we have a choice in the matter. That's why, about eight years ago, I chose to be vegan. And if I'm honest, the reason I remember that time back in 1990, those two proto-foodies slumming it on Victoria Street, was that it gives me a clean snapshot of what I used to be. I left myself back in the dust too. I just needed to tell myself back then that it was okay to cry and feel sad, to care about stuff, and to share those feelings with others. And it's okay to just choose a salad. That was Kai Stand Still for Nobody. Can you be a real Māori and pursue a vegan diet? On the Long Read from Stuff, written and read by Joel Maxwell, edited by Connor Scott and produced by Jen Black and me, Michael Wright. If you're listening via the Stuff website, you can hear this story and many more like it on the Long Read podcast, available on all the usual podcast apps. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. If you liked listening to this pod, Help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.